Hey, Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, we are talking about old souls and reincarnation. And I challenge you to bring the skeptic in your life to listen to especially the last half of this episode where we tell a story that is so chilling. I challenge them not to believe in reincarnation anymore after this this story. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Well, even me. <laughs> right? Even myself. Right? I am pretty much there that this could be real. Yeah. I have some doubts, but well, we will get to that. So first of all, I think you're talking about old souls and yes. new souls. I'm going to talk about that first. I don't know anything about that, first of all. I've been called, I think, a new soul. Am I, okay. What would, you, what would you say I am? A new soul? I know it's all about me. <laughs> But what am I? Am Well, some people just have that vibe about them, you know, like that, that old soul vibe. Usually we tell children this, this, I'm going to talk all about this because I think it got overused at some point, like everything in life gets overused. So I'm going to talk about it. I have like a, my own personal theory on it after doing so many readings, but I think like, you know, new soul would, would, so would that apply to me? New soul? Yeah. But it doesn't mean what you think it does. Like you're brand new. Okay. Like to me, it feels like, and, and listen, I've changed a lot over the years, like all the readings I've done and kind of like the downloads I got and the evolution I've done with all this. And I feel like new soul to me just means you have less access to the archives. What archives? You know, the archives of your past lives. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> like, like I feel like old souls have more access to their archives and new souls have less access to their archives. So does it mean, so it doesn't mean like I'm new, like this is my first time around? You can't be. Like your no. energy's part of the earth's energy. Like you're recycled. Like there's no. So would an old soul and a new soul have the same amount of past lives? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> like I'm not in HR. I can't look that up for you on the other side. Well, don't you have access to the archives? You no, got access to the archives. Do I, I need a key? I don't do past. I don't think you need a key. I don't okay. really do past life stuff in Is my there reading. Facial recognition to get me in there to the archives. Yeah, it's like a retina scan. Sure. Okay. <laughs> It's like put it put it by passcode. No, I feel like some people just have, and I'm going to explain exactly what I mean by this and how. But okay. some people just have like a special ability to access that more than other and children more than anyone else. I would say universally have that ability. Okay. Well, I don't think I have any ability to these records. I've never seen them. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I lost my keys. But I, you know, I lose my keys a lot in life, so maybe I lost the keys. Well, the way back to it is what are you fascinated by? Like, what are the things like cultures, oh, okay. uh, you know, time periods, languages, things that are so random that other people are like, where'd that come from? Well, that's interesting. And I know we've talked about this prior episodes a few times, I think. Maybe- yeah, episode 24, which is... <laughs> Our beginnings. But I I will say the 50s. For me, mm. the 1950s, I love the 50s. You do? Yeah. My Now, my favorite TV show, maybe of all time, is The Honeymooners. You watch it almost every night laughing hysterically. Yeah, I think this is – and it's like very simple. And maybe that's why I like it. I don't know because it's such a simple show. Mm-hmm. But The Honeymooners, it was a show in the 1950s. They had one huge season of 39 episodes. It was done by comedian – Ralph Cramden. No, Ralph Cramden is the, the actor, but uh, Jackie Gleason. And I don't know if anyone knows. I probably just – nobody probably knows what this show is. I'm, I'm probably the only person that knows what this show is. Um, and there's Art Carney who plays the neighbor, right. he, he, Norton. And you, basically I kind of 
reincarnate into him before a podcast you episode. do yeah like when i started watching the honeymooners because you were watching it so much i'm like oh my gosh like that's you yeah. like just his movements and the way you know yeah, it takes like, forever to do something <laughs> you don't know what the listeners do not know is that before we do the podcast it takes me about a 10 minute ritual oh my God, you guys. to actually get started i like sit here and i just meditate i've learned to close my eyes and just wait do you want to say some parts of that ritual well, I mean, you have to, like, you get up, you get down, you get up, you get down, you get a glass of water, you drink it, you clear your throat, like, five times, you're like, oh, I forgot to do this, you have to get your hat, you always forget something, the cats start bugging you. Right, you know, yeah. get my coffee, Right. use the facilities. It's a lot. It's a whole thing. You say you're ready, but then ten minutes later, you're ready. Right, and that's pretty much everything, <laughs> like, if we sit down to watch a movie or something, yeah. you always are like, wait for it, wait for it. Right, 10 right. minutes later. I, I count five seconds right. before I, whatever. Yeah. And in the show, Art Carney um, does, does the same thing. Mm. Norton, his name is Norton. He does the whole thing. Before he shoots like pool, he'll do the whole rituals and everything. So maybe, I don't know. Is that, well, I mean, is yeah. that something? I don't know. Or is you, it just, I like the show? Well, you do love the fifties. I mean, yeah. you're fascinated with like, um, I know the Vietnam war. Uh, what else? I mean, you got, you've got some things like you yeah, are, I mean, I, you are. I love oddly fascinated with that time period, like the war. Like I think we talked about this. Like you did yeah. your dissertation on it. Like all sorts of stuff. Yeah, um, like you that, know that goes up in time. That's like sixties, seventies, right? Um, start you know started in the fifties though, Vietnam War. But who knows? Like it's almost like you you have this idealization of the fifties, yes. and you know, as a historian, it wasn't as great, of course, like any time period. But I wonder. I this know. is my thought. Yeah, here's okay. my theory on it. Yeah, I wonder if in a past life. You know, you're so fascinated with the Vietnam War because wouldn't you call that – now, I am no historian, but some sort of end to that ideal, idyllic period in American culture yeah. or something. It was kind of – so I wonder if you're almost nostalgic for something that you had lived and also had watched become destroyed. Yeah, I mean it could be true. I, I don't ju- know. I, yeah, I don't it's know. It's interesting because it's almost like the way that you love the 50s. It's like I wish it was back. I do. That like, way. Yeah, like – and I don't know, like, it, and for a lot of reasons, like, you know, it shouldn't be back that way. But at the same time, you're like, but I wish it was. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's so strange. You know, like, even like shows like Leave it to Beaver. I used to love yeah. that show. I don't right. know if anyone knows that show either. That was 50s too. The, that movie, um, which was, I thought was a terrible movie. Um, Pleasantville. Pleasantville. Oh, you hated it. No, but I loved the 50s part. And like, then when yeah. they switched it over. When it started going into yeah. color and everyone got corrupted. Like, oh. You were like, and that's in the movie you're supposed to be like, cool. Yeah. They're finding themselves. And you're like, no. You're like, the you would stay black and white in the movie. <laughs> like, what I, just, like, I just want to live in black and white. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Like Maybe there's something maybe, to it. So I, my point is, is I feel like in all of us, we have these little nudges that might be lead backs to past life stuff but old souls and i'm going to talk about yeah. that have kind of more of a an access to it than others all right yeah. well it's very, it's very interesting when you gave me the topic of old souls and reincarnation you said go for it go look into things yeah i you know first i didn't know i'm like well reincarnation usually i think of like and i talked about this on the podcast hinduism mm. and that they just used it as a tool to keep them in line mm-hmm. you know so that basically when they died they would be reincarnated and they'd go up a level of the caste system up mm-hmm. a level or down a level if they did bad things if they did good things with then they would go up and i just thought it was like kind of a system to keep people in place right but after doing some research i'm starting to believe in this it's, and yeah yeah it's, it's very interesting this one story in particular that we're going to talk about later i found it very fascinating all right so we're gonna take a little break do a couple of ads. You're going to do your speech on old souls and all that, and then we get back to this really crazy case. 
Right now, we would like to thank the sponsor of this episode, LifeMD. LifeMD is a healthcare without the system. It's an online virtual medical provider that takes the hassle, expense, discomfort, and confusion out of seeing a doctor and getting the care you need. When you sign up to become a LifeMD member, you can get the doctor expertise, diagnoses, prescriptions, lab referrals, and more 100% online right from your computer or smartphone. Visit LifeMD.com now or download their app and see why LifeMD is transforming American healthcare. Listen, we've all experience the headache that is the current healthcare system. Maybe you've struggled to get an appointment for an urgent issue like a UTI, or maybe you've spent half your day at the doctor's office for a routine need that could be addressed in minutes. And if you're like most of us, you've received an exorbitantly priced medical bill you did not see coming. With LifeMD, you don't have to worry about any of that. LifeMD makes it easy to schedule a same-day virtual video with a licensed U.S. doctor. No more driving across town and sitting in a crowded waiting room. They even offer mobile lab collection services for people who prefer to get their blood work done in the comfort of their own home. I mean, like, how convenient is that? And if you're a worrier like I am, LifeMD has your back. If you have a question, a concern, or you want to clarify something you've discussed during your appointment, you can message your care team at any time. You'll receive a timely response. One of the best parts about LifeMD is how affordable and transparent their pricing is. You'll pay up to 90% less for lab orders and prescription medications. That's huge. And get this, the average LifeMD patient saves about $892 a year on healthcare. LifeMD is your source for treating urgent concerns, getting annual checkups, and dealing with chronic conditions like diabetes, asthma, allergies, and obesity. They even offer FDA-approved weight loss drugs for patients which qualify. And rest assured, their patient platform and app is state-of-the-art and make getting help simple. All you have to do is select your symptoms, pick your preferred doctor, and LifeMD does the rest. LifeMD is the simplest way to get the health care you need when and where you need it. Become a LifeMD member today for an on-demand video visits with a doctor, unlimited messaging with your LifeMD care team, and so much more. Membership plans start at a little more than a dollar a day, so please don't wait. Visit Life md.com slash kya to get started and experience the difference of virtual healthcare. That's lifemd.com slash kya. You know, I wasn't even thinking about it. I had a couple pots and pans and frying pans here and there from what I collected or scavenged or like was gifted randomly throughout the years. And, you know, I'm cooking for my family every day on these gross, like nasty pots and pans that don't even clean well. I mean, what am I even putting in my food? I wasn't even thinking about it until until this this sponsor came into our lives, Green Pan. So this podcast is sponsored by Green Pan. And let me tell you, in 2007, Green Pan's founders discovered that traditional nonstick pans were made with plastic coatings that can turn toxic with heat. That's why they created a new alternative without forever chemicals. Green Pan introduced the world to ceramic nonstick cookware and have over 150 patents to prove it. They are the leaders in creating cookware without harmful toxins. So why does making cookware with ceramic matter? It doesn't 
emit fumes when it's cooked. It conducts heat evenly. I mean, it's super easy to clean up, so easy, and allows you to cook with less oil or butter, making the foods you cook healthier. I mean, I personally love that I just put in a little olive oil or a little butter and the way that it cooks up my food. I mean, chicken, kids are always eating chicken and it cooks it so evenly and so quickly. Um, And it's not getting stuck to the bottom of the pan. I'm not scrubbing it off. And this whole forever chemical thing. I mean, come on, these benefits in my life continue. It is 2023. Are you still cooking with pans made out of plastic? Head to greenpan.us and use promo code KYA and you'll receive 30% off your entire order plus free shipping on orders over $99. That's right. 30% off. Whether you buy one pan or a whole set, that's 30% off. So head to greenpan.us and make sure you use our promo code KYA. I feel like spiritually, we always have to renew our language for things because what happens is the 3D world comes in and overuses it, maybe overexposes it. And what happens is it tends to lose the meaning that it actually has to us and feel more instead saturated or cliche or overused. Obviously, a good example of this is the word empath. I've talked many times how, yeah. It's a way overused word for how I see it and what I talk about over here with it, but I don't have another word for it until I start making up new words. That's what I have, empath. But it's it's more than what the 3D world will stretch it out and piece it out to be. And another word like that, because I've talked about empath before, but another word like that, another phrase is old soul. Old soul, new soul. This gets This gets so stretched thin. And I feel like, especially lately in in media and consumption and just how we speak to each other and whatnot, but it's a real thing. And I'll tell you my take on it. Um, After doing all of the readings that I do, I want to explain to you my take on it through spirit, how spirit shows me what an old soul is versus what a new soul is. So perhaps you can understand it, connect to it and, and feel more aligned with it. And it it can mean something again, not being a cliche thing that you hear. So let's start at the beginning. Have you ever met someone, or maybe this happens, this happens to you a lot, where you just feel like they're wiser beyond their years? Perhaps people have said that about you. Um, per, perhaps people confided in you early on or felt you were parental, felt you were a teacher, felt you could handle information beyond your developmental age. I think a lot of children get called old souls versus um, adults, and it kind of... Oh, like if you've ever met somebody and they just kind of throw you off your track, like, whoa, well, you're a really wise person and it kind of shocks them when they first meet you. That's, that's an old soul feeling that people can give off like an old soul vibe. Like you're an old soul, you're an old soul and, and opposite too. Sometimes you'll, you'll meet someone and you're like, okay, maybe you're new. Maybe you're fresh out of the bag. You know, this is your first little lifetime here. You've met people like that too. But here's the thing. There is no spiritual hierarchy. All right, that's a big thing. You know, I see that in a lot of social media. Like, oh, if you're if you're if you're if you're this aura color, you're better. If you're this word, you're better. If you're this placement, you're better. Okay, anybody who does a spiritual hierarchy thing when you're looking up your spiritual information, eh, take it with a grain of salt because there's no such thing as spiritual hierarchy. And and being called an old soul, you know, it makes you feel special, sure, but it doesn't make you 
more special than anyone else. Like there is no spiritual hierarchy. This is what I get. So here's my thing. What I'm doing readings. I feel like, and of course with me, it relates to the aura colors. All right. I feel like some aura colors just show off their past lives easier than others. So when you have an old soul, somebody feels like an old soul to you, what's happening is, is you're, you just, you, you're somebody, somebody with an old soul is just somebody who's more in tune with their soul's purpose. The bigger picture of this lifetime more than others. It's this acute self-awareness, which exists and coexists with the human ability to fit in to the society that you're born into and must survive into. And it can feel very duplicitous to be an old soul. Like, you know, what's really going on, but you also know how you have to act so you can like fit in. So I feel just from reading, you know, all the people I read that everyone has a numerous amount of reincarnated lives attached to them, but old souls, and this is how it connects to aura colors, usually have a deeper understanding or an ability to connect with those past lives better than, than others. And Okay, so I'll get into that more. But notice that we see or we call people old souls more when they're kids. And and the thing is, it doesn't go away being an old soul. It just, we can grow into it as we age. And what's funny is then you meet old, you know, elderly people and they feel like children. And it's kind of the same thing. You know, like if you meet an elderly person and they're like, I'm living life large. And they're just like a lot of fun. I know you've met... Um, older people that don't fit the mold. Just like how when we meet kids that don't fit the mold, they're older than your years or elderly people that don't fit the mold. Like they're very younger than their their years. What do we, it's the sensations the same. Like, wow, that's cool. That's really hopeful. That's, it's a kickback to remind you there's more than this. And, and, and they, it's like almost like they have some sort of <laughs> perspective that you can latch on to. So it's interesting. I see, I feel like old soul, elderly people, come across as kids in a way. Um, okay. So back to the aura thing. Cause I feel like you're going to notice somebody's an old soul if they have an empath aura. So back to that word. Empaths, the way I see them are people who feel other people's feelings the same as their own, along with the ability to alter uh, their behavior based on what they're they're absorbing and you don't have a boundary to it. There is no boundary. Some, everybody has an empath aura. Like everybody has, most people have purple, blue, indigo, or turquoise um, in their aura color. Either one of them or both of them are, are empath auras. Not everyone leads so much with their empath aura. They can shut it down. They can put it somewhere else. They can lead with kind of just a super, even if they're a double empath color, like they're blue indigo or purple, you know, turquoise, you don't always lead with the empath part of you. Sometimes you can lead with, um, your, your, your mask or the part of you that wants to fit in. And those are people that can have an old soul spiritual awakening later. But, um, but yeah, so your empath aura, and if you connect with that first and lean on it more, I feel like that's when the old soul label fits you more than other people. You know, just outwardly. People are going to pick that up. It's just, and especially in kids, it's this feeling that their past life 
connections are more profoundly connected and intertwined with their current life. So what is it with past lives and old souls? So I feel like reincarnation is something we've all experienced. We are recycled energy. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. I think that's like a science rule. <laughs> okay. Uh, the life energy uh, that you have inhabiting your body right now has touched everything in this universe. And some of our energy, depending on our aura colors, holds that info more than others. You just, it's kind of like if you lead with your indigo aura or you lead with your blue or turquoise or purple aura in such a profound way, you have more of an easy access to those reincarnation files than other people do. That's all that means. That's what old soul means. So we all reincarnated a bunch of times because we're recycled energy. Old souls are people that just have more access to that info than others. Which is why, again, I'll see really like indigo or very deep blue children, sometimes turquoise, you know, sometimes purple. It's usually like the indigo or like really deep blue kids um, having that old soul vibe, more old soul than others. And, and I saw something where a psychologist was saying, stop calling children old souls when they've just had traumatic experiences and they're just children who've experienced trauma. And you might have been called an old soul, but you've also had to grow up quickly emotionally and emotionally mature quickly. And I see this all the time in kids, especially a lot of you when you send me your inner child aura pics, your, your pics from when you were a kid. It's like, whoa, I can tell on your kid aura, like you had to grow up quick and they'll have, you'll have like old soul energy. Yeah. And um, it's kind of like a kid that's seen too much and experienced trauma. The psychologist was saying, that's what it is. It's not an old soul. But, but my thought is on this, and this is like my thing, like, yeah, of course, okay, like an old soul kid or a kid who has an aura, which is super absorbent and able to perceive emotion in ways that they aren't developmentally able to process yet, are going to present more of their past life knowledge in the attempt to deal with what they're picking up and their, and their ability to survive it. And like, honestly, things aren't mutually exclusive. Like our 3D ego-driven world would like you to think like two things can be true. I see this all the time with all sorts of like diagnoses and things like that. They're just labels. Even even the aura colors are just labels. So I feel like the point I'm trying to get at is if you have more of an old soul and you've had it since you were a kid, it's very possible you were more awakened to the trauma of what was going on with you perhaps than other kids are in a way where you understand people's perspectives. All right, like all kids can be affected by trauma, but not all kids are like, okay, you know, I'm six and I realize this is how much money is in the bank and I got to help my little sister get ready for school and mom's passed out on the couch and she's not waking up. Like, and, and I still love her and I'm not mad because <laughs> I have this perspective because I'm an old soul kid. So I hope this makes sense that things aren't mutually exclusive in the spiritual world. And we're getting a little deep here, but I feel like you guys can follow. All right. So it's possible to me, and this is what I see, that the kids that kind of lead with their empath auras of, again, turquoise, indigo, blue, and purple are actually going to be more affected outwardly by trauma, by what happens to them, and how it mingles with their past life awareness to form that old soul feeling. But here's the kicker, because all kids can be affected by trauma and all the things I, in that scenario I just went through, but old soul or the empath or kids, they connect more that way or they lead that way. They're also the ones that are taking it in and feeling the perspective of it and seeing their own pathway through it. Whereas 
other types of kids that maybe aren't connected to their empath auras as much are like, okay, you know, they survive in a different way, which maybe doesn't include as much perspective. So a big thing I get with empath aura, old soul vibe people is the ability to have perspective. And that is a condition of being 5D versus 3D. Okay. In the 3D world, which listen, we need this for boundaries. It's like, I'm not responsible for what you put me through. I'm not responsible for you. I'm responsible for myself. Like that kind of stuff, which is, can be very helpful. It's very hard to have it when you're an old soul because you feel everyone else's intentions on top of your own stuff. And then you just want to kind of live in between it all the time. Now you can be born an old soul. I see this. Because usually that has something to do with, again, you know, your aura, how you connect to it, which color you lead with, plus, um, you know, what's happening around you to kind of activate it. And by the way, I see old souls even like in not traumatic childhood environments. Because if you're very, 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 very sensitive to things, and sensitive is a positive word around here, if you're very, very sensitive to things, meaning you just pick up everyone's thoughts and feelings and emotions all the time. Even if you're in like the best family ever and everything's great as a kid, you're still picking up just the regular stuff. And it's kind of like being able to mind read all the time. And you really shouldn't be able to do that. But when you have that ability, your past life stuff, your past life connections can kind of shine through a little more because you lean on it, especially when you're a kid. But if you're not born that way, you can awaken your old soul characteristics through a spiritual awakening. And spiritual awakenings, I've talked about this, I've done episodes on this, and of course there's a lot of info out there. Here's the deal. This is a spiritual awakening. You aren't you. You aren't whatever your name is, whatever your age is, you know, whatever you look like, whatever societal bracket you were born into. That's not you, okay? That's like the energy, the, the shell your energy got shoved into, basically. So when you have a spiritual awakening, this is like my cliff notes to what this is. When you have a spiritual awakening, what it is is you get some sort of like a realization of that and a whole layer of your skin basically just falls off you and you're like, whoa, you know, like that. It is a detachment from a 3D identity. So that's in a nutshell, a spiritual awakening. And when that can happen and when that does happen, when you get your spiritual awakening, you can have many throughout your life and they're never not fun. They're never fun, but they're never like not worth it. But when this happens, again, you can be more open and your past life experiences can become more accessible to you. Having said that, then you can have more of like an old soul or a wisdom vibe. Yeah, because again, past lives are something that all of us have been through, but you know, it's more the connection to them brought to the surface, which creates that old soul vibe. So what does it mean to be an old soul? I've said it like a million times. Like what, what are the, what are the characteristics of being an old soul? And, and this is something that you could have always felt, or it's something that you kind of go through periodically when you're having a spiritual awakening. First thing, loner, you just prefer to be alone. Why? It's just really hard to be around other people. I mean, when you can feel everyone else's stuff in that empath aura way, um, it can be very taxing to be around people. So you can prefer, you know, like nature, plants, animals, that kind of thing yourself. Old soul people, I mean, honestly, just prefer a lot of honesty, truth. They don't shy away from it, even if it's hard to hear. It's because when you have more of a connection to spirit knowledge, spirit truth, past life stuff, 
you have this kind of innate understanding that it's never about what you want to hear. You'd rather hear the truth than someone sugarcoat something. And that need for that is very old soul. Um, yeah. Okay. So you're very intuitive. I mean, you've always just felt like there's more to the story from, from a young age. You felt like it's more than this 3d life. So things like religion, society, money, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like, it's, yeah, it's real, but it's not like you've always kind of felt that's, I don't connect to it. I'm in it, but I don't connect to it. And you can feel source energy, whatever you want to call that God, you know, universe energy, whatever you want to call it. You always felt like there was this power bigger than us all. And this whole thing's just kind of like a joke. (laughs) Um, yeah, like I was raised very, very Catholic and listen, it wasn't for me, not a bad experience. Okay. For me, but that doesn't mean anything. That's just my own experience. Um, having said that, just felt like it wasn't even, I remember from a little kid just being like, this can't now, this doesn't make sense. You know, this just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that this is that God cares about that or God cares about this or, you know, that little kid questioning, like, why does God care if I eat meat today? Like, does he seriously care? Or like, there's so many things going on in the world. Like, why does he care if, you know, I say this prayer correctly or whatever? That's, it's just, um, yeah, if you, if you had those thoughts as a kid, it's like an old soul kind of a thing. You get mortality from a very young age. You understand death. They say like the, I think, you know, I have so many professionals who listen to this, so you feel free to correct me about this, but, um, they say like kids understand death around eight, you know, they get, they really finally grasp the concept like, whoa, it's a forever thing. I feel like old soul kids, it's different. Like they understand it differently perhaps in the 3d world does, but they still understand it. And they, and so if you kind of always understood it from a young age, um, yeah, that's kind of an old soul thing. I'm just thinking I could do a whole episode on that. Like how kids deal with death. Oh God. Just all the mediumship I do. Superficiality can disgust you. You you know, small talk, you might find very difficult. Perhaps as a kid, one of two things happened. Either you were called weird and ostracized for it. Or you spent so much time learning to adjust so well that you learned how to wear a complete mask and a facade to fit in because you because you knew that you were so different. So either you like leaned into the different thing and they were like, weirdo, or you totally like weren't yourself, like one of the two. Um, you have like perspective, bigger picture lessons, reasons. You can really walk in the shoes of other people. So a lot of the old soul thing really does align with the empath aura thing. And that's because you have more at, like, like I said at the beginning, if you, if you lead with your empath aura and it's highly developed and maybe conditions are correct for it to enhance even more, that old soul vibe can just come to the surface. Because a lot of these things are empath aura characteristics that probably a lot of you do relate to. It's just like, um, you know, when you're, yeah, the old soul thing in kids, I think is when people get really, oh, you know, material things never had a hold on you. Like, if you think about it, it's more about the feeling, not the thing. Um, perhaps you were shy, introverted, you just felt different as a child too. Um, questions like big, big questions. You can recall having them from a very early age. Like, what's the point of life? Is this all there is? And, and again, this can happen if you're having a spiritual awakening too, like these big questions and they are uncomfortable questions. Don't get me wrong. These are very uncomfortable questions to ask yourself, 
honestly, though, the more connected you are with past life, the more actually interesting and comforting these questions become. (laughs) So that's another thing. If those questions actually interest you and you're excited about it and you want to hear more about that, they don't give you an existential crisis. They actually are like, oh, I love that. I want to actually like to me, it makes me feel good that I am but a grain of sand in this universe makes me feel really, really good because there's comfort in a feeling that you're part of something so much bigger, you know? So that, so if you relate to that, that's a very old soul feeling. Perhaps you've just been always very analytical. You want to discover the truth everywhere. Everything's a metaphor. You love digging underneath something. You just read between the lines or you like hidden meanings. You're really into symbols or symbology. You see beauty in everything, even the painful things, even things that are very, very painful. You can find some sort of beauty in them, even if it's bittersweet, even it's like pain and beauty can be merged in ways, be very poetic, very artistic in that way. You may experience a lot of, and always have social anxiety, overwhelm. I call it empath overwhelm. That's my own thing. Again, Again, empaths are just more connected to their past lives, so all this stuff can kind of bleed into each other. And and you like, it's funny, like, you never like your own age. So when you were younger, you might have liked hanging out with older people. When you get older, you might like hanging out with the younger crowd. You just enjoy the age group that's not exactly yours. So your own age doesn't always work for you. And, um, and, and you know, with the reincarnation thing... And we could talk about this more, but like you are very fascinated by one period of time, like the dress, the fashion, history, culture, art. Like you just feel like oddly connected to certain geographical locations, weather patterns, and it has nothing to do with how you were grown up, raised, or anything like that. Like it's completely separate and nobody understands why you're so into it. So it's very like out of nowhere, I'm super into you know, ancient Egypt and the culture. And I love, and you know, you're just fascinated by it. And finally, you feel super old inside, not in like an, not in like a crotchety kind of way, <laughs> more in kind of like an ancient wisdom kind of way. And you've always felt this way. All right. So I hope this makes sense because this is what I've been seeing in all my readings, which it's like, yeah, empath auras just tend to be more connected to past lives in general, therefore, put those two things together and you got old soul. Doesn't mean other people haven't lived a bunch of lives. It just means they might not be as cognizant of it as an empath aura is. Okay, let's hear your stories too over on the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family Facebook page. Scott and the kids and I went just for an overnight we did a little staycation nearby and I didn't want to pack this like huge big old suitcase and I didn't have to because of base. Base is an overpacker's dream. You know, it can be hard to fit everything in, especially when it comes to luggage, but with base, there is room for everything. I mean, everybody's stuff fits in it. Um, it's great for just an overnight or a weekend. If you're, if you're just packing for you, it's even more room, but I fit everyone's stuff in there and there's even a compartment for shoes. I hate like carrying shoes in a separate bag or sticking, ew, dirty shoes like in with your clothes and stuff like that. Base has a, a separate little compartment just for shoes. Base was created by actress Shay Mitchell to make sleek and affordable bags, luggage, and accessories designed to help you travel 
effortlessly while still looking fashionable because it's a cute it's like a cute bag you know it's like over the shoulder it's super cute base has thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage 360 degree gliding wheels a cushioned handle built-in weight indicator washable bags for your dirty clothes and all the interior pockets you need to keep organized their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors and for shorter trips the weekender which is what i took the weekender bag is super functional and even has a place to store your shoes separately every piece is made to look better with miles so you don't have to worry about cargo or overhead i mean and base has over thirty thousand five-star reviews whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line with oh my gosh i can't hit the tsa base has your personal items covered right now base is offering our listeners 15 percent off your first purchase by visiting base.com slash kya go to basetravel.com slash KYA for 15% off your first purchase. That's base, B-E-I-S, travel.com slash KYA. Little things that you consistently do in everyday life, they become part of the greater positive changes in your life. And for me, it's caring for my hair. I This is what I do. I, I When I wash my hair, I use the way... Um, I took their quiz and I got the the thick the thick hair shampoo and the coordinating conditioner. Then I put in my hair serum and I always spray my uh, leave-in conditioner. And let me tell you, my hair looks and feels thicker, more healthy. It looks shinier. It the the volume of my hair has improved. I mean. The other day, Abby, my little one, is like, Mom, your hair looks so shiny and good. And I know it's because I've just been consistently taking the time to do this every day. And, and you know, if you have – there's like – you know, sometimes you're on a product binge. Like you put too much stuff in your hair and it builds up. They're detox shampoo. I will use this every once in a while just to – give my scalp this deep cleanse to bring it back to life and it adds softness and shine. So that's another one that I'll use every once in a while. So get on your way to healthier hair one day at a time with shampoos and conditioners that are just for your type. Go to the way, dot com slash aura for 15% off your entire purchase. That's the way, dot com slash aura. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. All right. So I asked you to look into reincarnation, and I'm like, carte blanche, go for it. And and what'd you come up with? Okay. So very, very interesting. So at first, I again, I, and I said this earlier, I didn't know what angle I was going to take here. But I guess you guys sometimes call it the rabbit hole or whatever. <laughs> right. So it brought me to this case of Ryan Hammonds, a reincarnation case. And actually, then I learned that it was actually um, on Netflix. Mm. It was part of Surviving Death. Episode six. He was. They, were, they featured three people on there. He was one of them. But th- this one fascinated me the most. And it begins with Marty Martin. Okay, so Marty Martin was born in 1903 in the city of Philadelphia. He was originally Marty Kolinsky. He changed his name. And let me just – I'll tell you a little bit about Marty. Okay, you know, he in the 1920s, he moved to New York City. He became a tap dancer on Broadway. After that, he moved to L.A. That's when he changed his name to Marty Martin. That's a pretty cool name, I guess. Marty, Marty, Marty Martin. Martin. Yeah, Marty Martin. It, it flows. It flows. 
better than Marty Kolinsky, I guess. <laughs> um, he tried to be an actor, failed. Probably realized everyone was like a fake and phony in L.A. and right. failed. You know, couldn't handle the traffic. Okay, I'm just going on an L.A. rant right now. Even back then, even back yeah, then, even back then, there was traffic. Uh, so then he decided to become a talent agent. You know, I guess. Kind of like a teacher. Teacher. <laughs> Those who can't do. That's not even true. But so, and then he became really rich off of that. So he didn't make it as an actor, but he made it as a talent agent. He lived in Beverly Hills. He had a beautiful home, you know, like a mansion with a swimming pool. He lived on Roxbury Drive. For some reason, he loved to collect sunglasses. He loved Chinese food. He was married four times. He had one kid himself. He had three sons, uh, stepsons, and then a stepdaughter. So he had five stepkids and one kid himself. And then he died of leukemia. Well, he had leukemia, and then he died of, I think, like a brain hemorrhage or something on December 25th, Christmas Day, 1964, at the age of 61. Okay. All right. So, you know, guy lived a nice life, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. In comes this guy named, well, kid named Ryan Hammonds. Okay. Okay. So Ryan Hammonds was born in Oklahoma mm-hmm. in the year 2004. How many years is that? Like 40 okay. years? Right. So that's 40 years later. Right. After the death of Marty Martin, in comes Ryan Hammonds. In Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. Got Nowhere it. Nowhere near Philadelphia. Right. All right. So at age four, oh, for, first of all, could you just give me, before we move on to oh, that, yeah. if you, we did find a picture of Marty Martin, yes. black and white. Cool picture. It's hard to find him, I guess. Yeah, it's a yeah. little hard to find him. He, um, can you tell me his aura? Yeah, he's only famous because of this case, yes, I guess, he was a, by like, the way. Right, like I said, he was an actor, yeah. a failed actor, right. but a great and agent. Was, all right. Um, okay, so when I look at him, he has a very blue and purple aura, which is odd for the time. Because, you know, I always talk about how auras and generations, uh, you know, generations affect auras or whatever. The guy's very purple, is my point. And he's blue, too, so he feels like he was a sensitive person, but he's wearing a lot of green. So I guess my assessment is for that time period, especially um, just for being a man, it might be probably, I'm sure, was even... And it's hard now to be a blue-purple guy, but back then, like, really hard. So he wears a little green on him. Okay. But he's blue-purple. Can... And this is... Maybe people want to know this. It, could he be spoken to at this so, time? Yeah, so I know that, you have a connection to him. Well, but. let's let's continue on because I have something to say about that, which okay. is really fast. Like interest, like it just actually shocked and surprised, and it was like a oh, like an aha moment to me. Oh, okay. Because he feels, and if you've had a reading with me and I've ever said this, like he feels far away oh. or distant. But let's talk about That's that. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So enter Ryan Hammonds, four years old. Again, he was born in Oklahoma in two thousand four. So now we're looking at, you know, 2005, uh, sorry, 2009-ish, okay. He starts saying things to his mother, to his parents, you know, about that, basically that Marty, of Marty's life. So he said, you know, I used to live in Hollywood. Um, I have adopted sons, things like that. how old is he? He's at the age of four or five here. Okay. Yeah, nothing before four or five. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think he had like a problem where he couldn't even speak. Before four, for real, and then he Whoa. had like a surgery. Oh wow! And then at four, he was able to Ooh, speak. I got chills. Yeah. That okay. That's um, interesting. It was so it was very interesting, and you know the the mom was kind of inquisitive, I guess, mm-hmm. wanted to to know a little bit more, so she was pushing him to to kind of find out what he was talking about, and so she took out some, and he kept on saying Hollywood, Hollywood, you know, you know, and he would mention 
actresses' names. Mm. I think he said Rita Hayworth at one point. Yeah. And so the mom took out books from the library on old Hollywood. Yeah. And she was flipping through this book. And one of the pictures was a movie uh, from 1932 called Night After Night. And Ryan, the little boy, again, he was four or five years old, looked at the picture and he said, hey, there's George. Okay. Well. And the mom's like, oh, George? He's like, yeah, there's my friend George. Like it's just like a snippet of the picture. Like a yeah, snippet it's just of the a picture movie. of the movie. Yeah, right. It's a, like, like just a scene, a scene in the movie there's like, with a bunch of guys looking like from the 19-whatevers. Yeah, and you can right. get that picture now. Okay. Uh, and I show it in the Netflix documentary too. Okay. And there's a few pe- people in the picture. And then Marty Martin, who, again, was a bit actor, he was off to the side, but he's in the picture. And the and the boy says, and that's me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can you imagine? So it, it's pretty Oh, crazy. my God. I yeah. have, like, such chills. Right. And the thing is, the guy, George, they were able to identify right away. Mm-hmm. They they were able to say, because he, I guess he was a known actor at the time. And they said, yep, that's George that the, that the boy pointed to. So he to. was right. He was yeah. right. That was George. But he's also a known actor. He was more of a known actor. Right. Correct. Um, the Marty Martin was not known, and at that time he wasn't like they didn't even put him in the credits. Wow! So he didn't even have like a credit. So it was very hard to figure out who that guy was. Yeah. But they contacted a man named Jim Tucker. Okay. At the University of Virginia in 2010 now, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he's a guy that I think still to this day is very much into this reincarnation and you know finding out what happened, and he did some research. And it pointed to this man named Marty Martin. Wow. And he he came, did some tests, and basically right now, Ryan Hammonds holds the record for the most identifiable, identifiable statements. I think it's like 55 statements without previously knowing oh my God. that person. That's a lot. Yes. And – some of the statements are pretty crazy. So I ha- have a list. You can get this list very easily. Uh-huh. Uh, here we go. I'll, I'm not going to read every single one of the 55, right. but I'll give you some that he knew, that Ryan knew about Marty Martin when he was age four or five right. and couldn't possibly have known. This Again, right. this is before. Or even been fed that information. No, because no one knew who Marty Martin was. Because right. that's the first thing you're like, oh, are the parents trying to get famous? Like, you know. Right. That's, that's, and that's what I think. Right. You know, that's my first, my first thought is, is the mom or Feeding are him. they in cahoots here? Right. Do they want to get on Netflix? Right. Do they wanna... Well, this is back in 20. Yeah. All right. Do they want to get on TV? Right. Yeah. All right. So he's the man, the photograph from the movie Night After Night. We did that one. He lived in Hollywood. Correct. Uh, he lived somewhere with the word rock or mount in it and the street of Dress was Roxbury oh my God. Drive in Beverly Hills. Oh, my God. He was very rich. Maybe I will go through all these. They're so cool. Uh, his house was big. Okay. All right. You know, kids can make those up, right? Yeah. Uh, there were three boys. Wow. He didn't think the boys were his, <gasps> but he gave them his name. So, yes. Yeah. And he had the three step and he, boys. And they had his last name? Yeah. Whoa. That, that's weird. That's crazy. He had a daughter. Yep. He had one biological daughter. He brought coloring books home. Okay, you can make a case that. Yeah, dads do that. Dads do that. Right. Uh, he had trouble with his oldest stepdaughter. She wouldn't listen to him. She didn't respect him. Confirmed. He had a large swimming pool. Confirmed. Again, you can make the case they were living in L.A. Right. You know. His mother had curly brown hair. He had a younger sister. He bought his daughter a dog when she was about six, and she didn't like the dog. All wow. Con- See, that, that right there, like... The emotional aspect to it, and she didn't like the dog. Right. That's 
really specific. And she confirmed that. The daughter confirmed this is all, it. These are all confirmed. See, that's, that's yes. very specific. Yeah, that's the crazy yeah. part. These are all confirmed. He hated cats. Now, this one, <laughs> this one freaked me out. He okay. knew, and he, the kid kept saying, Senator Five. Okay. At that time, it, it was proven that he knew a Senator Ives. I V E S. He was saying like my. He kept the boy uh, Ryan kept saying Senator Five, Senator Five. Okay. He knew Senator Ives. Oh, Very wow. close. It wasn't five. Yeah, but like but he's his a eyes. Kid. It's kind oh, of the, my gosh. right. He's four. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he used to see Senator Ives in New York. Mm. He had a green car. The daughter at first said no. He didn't have a green car. It was later. The daughter didn't even know. Wow. The mom. Uh, you know, the group would be the grandmother, right? Right. Knew that it was a green car. Oh my God. Uh, he was an agent and he ran an agency. Um, the agency changed people's names. All true. He tap danced. He said he tap danced on the stage. The stage was in New York city. So that the, is like, how do you, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. You <laughs> would know that. Right. Um, he, this was he, very, spe- it is so specific. Yes. He ate in Chinatown a lot. His favorite restaurant was there. The kid kept saying that. Uh, and went that to, was confirmed. That was conf- all. These are confirmed. Wow. He went to Paris. Love Paris. All the Eiffel Tower. He took girlfriends to the ocean. Okay. Again, you know, again, some of these you could make a case. Yeah. But he played piano. Um, he knew Rita Hayworth. But I'll say, like, even the general ones, like he liked the ocean. Right. Like this kid is four or five. Just, four or five. It's like that makes it more believable to me because he's like recalling what he knows. You know what I mean? And he likes the ocean, and he likes it. Did it like. It's not all fed to me information. Otherwise, right. like that would be all specific. Like this, you know, it's kind of a mix, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, there, yeah. He had a sunglass collection. Okay. This and this one, and I, I will say something about the statements in a second, um, just to play the other side of the coin here. But okay, so Ryan, let me go through this one. It's a little mathematical here. Okay. But this one, he was quoted. Ryan was quoted as saying, "I am not five. I'm closer to 105 when I was here before. He died at age 61. Okay. Would have been 106. So if you do the math on this, this is the freakiest part. This This is where I started freaking out. Yeah. So on Marty Martin's death certificate, it said he died in the year 1905. Okay. 1905? Uh, Sorry. He was born. born, Sorry. I apologize. He was born in 1905. Born in 1905. Okay. Okay. It was later proven. That he didn't die. He wasn't born. Sorry, he wasn't born in 1905. He was born in 1903. Oh, he was lying, he was lying about his age. I don't know if he was. He could. He could have. Right. He could have been or lying about his know. age. Or right. They could have known. Whatever. Right. But if you do the math and then you take this statement by Ryan, who says, "I'm not five. I'm closer to 105." Mm-hmm. That would put his age at one. Uh, his birth I get year at saying. 1903. Not 1905. So he knew his actual age, and that right. was nowhere, really. Yeah, they thought it was 1905. Right. And then the doctor, Tucker, went into the records. Right. And they proved that actually he was not like no born. One, Like the parents. <laughs> no one would have known that. The parents couldn't have done that even. Nobody could have right. done that. Whoa. Nobody could have known full body that he was born two that's years earlier crazy. except for the person what if you lived his life? Mm-hmm. That's the only way you would have known that. Yeah. There's no one that knew that. Wow. They had to go into all these records to find it. That's nice. And now his, now his birth date is 1903. Wow. Instead of 1905. That one freaked me out. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a lot. That, that's a lot. So then, all right. So 
Do you want to? Well, let me just keep going here, and then we'll go into the, the aura colors a little bit. Okay. So, all right. So you, you take now. I got to play devil's advocate. Yeah. I got I got to play my skeptic. That's why you're here, here, Scott? Although that 1903 1905 thing was like I was like, like free. I was like that yeah. shook you. That shook me. I'm but like, then you want to go immediately to the. All right, what's the, what's the flip side Yeah, then I want to say – so I go into it and I look into it and I say, all right, well, he got these 50-something things right. Mm-hmm. How many things did he get wrong? Did he get anything wrong? Mm-hmm. So they could only prove tw- – so he said about 230 things total. Wow. Okay, so that means there's 180 things out there that either were wrong or couldn't be verified. Mm-hmm. Okay, so most of those were just – they couldn't verify – what Ryan was saying was correct. Right. There was a 15% incorrect rate. Okay. So basically, if you look at the math, and if you're a green guy here, you're probably wondering. So about 24%, 25, let's say 25% of what Ryan said was proved correct. Mm-hmm. 15% was proved maybe not correct. Mm-hmm. And then the other unverified. Okay. All right. So here are some of the – here are some of the – and you get this list too. Very easy to get this stuff. Here are some of the, the list of what Ryan was proved incorrect. And this scared me too because, uh, you know, I don't know. Here we go. Um, let me read some of these. He gave his daughter a watchdog that she didn't like. Okay, we know that. He, we know, uh, yeah. Marty indeed, Marty indeed did buy his daughter a dog, which he did not like, but it was a Yorkshire Terrier, not much of a watchdog. That's Let's say who? That's nitpicking. That's nitpicking. Yeah. Yeah, because terriers are, are – they can be very territorial. They can be. I think that's their whole breed. I, agreed. Yeah. So that was weird. Uh, his father had died when he was a child in his last life. Marty's father died only six years before Martin. Okay. All right. So maybe I'm not sure on that one. Right. His wife enjoyed putting their daughter's hair in pigtails or a ponytail. Mm-hmm. If he did, it must have been when she was very young because his daughter did not recall this. But maybe it was when she was very young. Maybe right. she did it when she was I mean, three that's, or four. That's, that's, yeah. That's not something that's like an up in the air one or whatever. Yeah. Right. Exactly. He died when his heart exploded. Martin death was unwitnessed, but as the cause of death was a brain hemorrhage, this seems unlikely. Yeah, but I got something to say about that because okay. in mediumship stuff, like this is across the board. Like when I read people who've passed, I mean, not, not that I, it's funny. I'm like, my statement will prove this correct <laughs> right. about mediumship. Right. Like, like, like what I say is factual at this moment, but they don't, they, you don't always know how you died. That's a big thing. Like, you know, that you died, you don't know how you died or, and the other thing is you can have an idea of how you died. And be just like people get stubborn. Like you don't know what's going on with your body when you died. You just know I died, and uh, I think my heart exploded. Like that kind of a thing. That's what happened. You know, like that yeah. was my medical diagnosis. That might just be yeah. what he thought. Yeah, yeah. So that that doesn't mean anything to uh, me. Okay, his body was cremated. Marty's death certificate says that he was buried. Again, they already, don't they don't care. Yeah, plus he's already. Dead. The people on the other side do not care what happens with their bodies. Okay. That is across the board. Like they care like if you memorialize them in some way. It's more like the memory, but not Yeah. Not wow. not the the placement of their of their body. All right, so what I'm saying wow. here now but, but the dad thing, that's interesting. And then my questions would be, well, did he have a stepfather? Did he have a father figure? Did right, he, like that right. would be my next questions. That because on the other side they can call somebody their father who was actually their father figure like so i will there's no step in spirit so like if he had a stepdad or somebody who was like a father figure to him mm-hmm. and could, then he died be. young right so it could be that's who he's yeah talking that's, about. that would be my next question okay so based on the statements this scene he 
Ryan is pretty that's, accurate here. So yeah, that's crazy. Now, so now my questions are, and that's why we have you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I want to know if this Doctor Tucker is he lying? What's his colors? His okay. mom, Sydney. You know, the, the kid. I believe. Yeah. I You know, how is this kid doing it? Unless one of these adults is messing with things. This this is really interesting because it ties into the old soul thing I just spoke about. Okay. Um, when I look at Ryan as a child, I have a picture of him as a child. He is very, 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 very blue and purple. So he definitely, and he is very, very much an old soul. Like you would see this kid be like, whoa, what a mature child. Like what an old soul, like the way that you just see him, he looks like an old man in a kid body. Like that's his vibe. And his aura is extremely empathic. And he feels like deeper than he should be for this age like no so if i just saw him i didn't know anything i'd be like wow what a wise little old soul kid like this kid looks like he's around adults a lot and i think he is an only child though and i would say like he's you know that he's well spoken and i feel like he has a lot of confidence and i would say that he's extremely empathic and he sees everything going on around him and and so to me like as a little kid like yeah like this 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 kid is kind of one of a kind okay so, all right. So he's four or five. Yeah, pur- in this picture. In the, yeah. yeah, in the picture. He's pur- this is what anybody's saying. All he's these mostly things. blue with purple. Pur- mostly blue with purple. Yeah. Which is also interesting because they in the Netflix show they showed him at age fifteen. I have that picture too. Okay. And and Read looking at him at fifteen again, like I, it's like one of those things where it's so obvious to me. I would. I think everybody else. You saw it. Did you see like this kid? Wow, well, this kid's like an old soul or what? A mature. He's only fifteen in this picture, but he feels like. A 40-year-old man or something. Uh, I did, I'll be honest. I did not. For real? Okay. No. When I see this kid, like, it's one of those – sometimes I don't know if it's obvious to me but not to other people because of the psychic thing. But, oh, my gosh. This kid looks like he's seen some things. I don't know if the prodding into the past was actually good for him. Okay. I'll tell you. I, I worry about him, and I'm not a doctor, but I do worry about him with long-term mental health stuff and struggles and whatnot. And I worry about him in that way because um, I, I, there's like a sadness upon him. Yeah. That And he's very, very indigo, which is hard to be indigo boy. It's hard to be indigo at 15. It's hard to be indigo in general. <laughs> so it's just there's a lot of um, depth here that I feel like he doesn't always know how to handle or process. Yeah. I, I did pick that up. Oh, you did? Y- yeah. Because, and again, we were both very, we were getting annoyed uh, at if, the show. Yeah. Well, go watch season, episode six of Surviving Death and you yep. guys all tell me what you think. Yeah. Because I got mad. Yeah, we got mad. At what, how they treated this kid. Pro- yeah. I mean, production, everything. I didn't like what they did to him. I agree. I mean, you know, this happened in four and five and you can tell like he's 15 now. He doesn't want to be Marty Martin no, anymore. He's himself. He's himself. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, everyone was pushing him to be Marty Martin almost yeah. like he was like a. I don't know what do you like a, a dog and pony show. Yeah, it was a dog and pony it's show. Like a circus were, show. Yeah, or it's something. not a circus act. Yeah, and that that annoyed us. That annoyed me a lot. Also, the way that they make him go visit um, Marty Martin's daughter and yeah. Marty Martin's I don't know friend or something. Yeah, and and the way that not the daughter so much but the friend really really upset me because the was way it, that was it the friend or the was it mother? No, no it wasn't the mom. Mo- it, was it was like mom. the last surviving adult knew who knew who Marty knew as an adult, was, right? It was like his okay. friend or something. Yeah, something like that. But she was a real jerk. Yeah. And the way that she was trying, she's like, what? You know, if you were in Paris, you know, kind of like testing him. Yeah, testing the him. Lin- what, something with Lindbergh. I don't know what that meant. But like he, she was trying to test him on historical things. Does that recall to you? Yeah, yeah. He had a favorite <laughs> whatever. What color was it? And it's like, you are so 3D. You are. And, and he was so. Ele- and I felt so bad for him because he's 15. This is so freaking weird. He's not. 
he he doesn't have the memories anymore and you know he's he's just a child and and to be like oh i stumped him you know like that i hated yeah, I know. that it was like what it was in his left drawer yeah your dresser drawer she, she didn't say this but i'm exaggerating it but it was like it's like so specific like to test him yeah and you no know, ridiculous but, but the way that he explained she, it was beautiful yeah, just and how I, you kind of explained yeah it he said it's not because i've had my own past life experiences and the way that he said it i'm like yeah like he explained it better than i could he said it's not um something like it's not a memory i can access it's more like a dream snippet and that's exactly what it's like. I've had a lot of past lives uh, recalls, and that's exactly what they are. It's like remembering a dream, but more real. Okay. So anyway, so when he said that, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's not the same thing. Um, anyways, I saw something, though, with that documentary, a pattern. And this was my pattern that I saw, because they have some other cases on there, too. Yellow Mom highly identified by her relationship with her child so kind of a yellow mom that is how do i say this like my relationship with my child is my entire identity like very leaning on their kid a lot needs their needs their kid to need them like this kind of thing so yellow mom plus the needy thing checked out dad or no dad dad checks in when the kid starts getting facts and he's all of a sudden the dad's like oh Oh, what is this? It's not nonsense anymore. What's going on? And then these little kids are realizing like, oh, the more I connect with my past life stuff, the more attention I get and an right. authentic and real connection from my parents. Okay. So I feel like, honestly, all kids have this ability. It's just how you deal with it might be different and might elicit more information from a kid rather than others. So it's like empath aura to top it off. Um. Okay. So give me. Yeah. Okay. So. Ryan's mom is Sydney. Oh, yeah. She's yellow. Okay. What's her color? She's yellow and indigo. Yellow and indigo. But the indigo is like kind of, I don't want to like diss her on here. No, I know. You know. Um, <laughs> well, I, I could do it because I was upset. Well, she's a little victim blue. Yeah. It, it, that's what it seemed to yeah, me. And she needs her yeah. kid. Like this was like this puzzle that she needs to solve. Right. And her kid's the puzzle. And it like gave her life. She's like, oh my God, my kid's special. I'm special. We're special. This is special. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, finally, something, so many people are paying attention to what I have to say. My husband doesn't listen to me. So you all listen to me. Dr. Tucker listens to me. Right. You know, like that kind of thing. So that was my vibe on her. And listen, she doesn't have a malintention. She would do anything for a kid. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah. But, and again, I know this is, the show is edited to look a certain way too. Yeah. Like, it's a doc, I know it's a documentary. Not, yes. It's not reality TV, right. but still Netflix, the doc, you know, they'll, Edit it the way they want to. Yeah. And like the last scene between her and Ryan, her, the mom and Ryan, <laughs> right. is – and, you know, obviously the meeting didn't go well because Ryan's 15 now and he can't recall those things not. like a dog and pony show. Yeah. Um, it's not how it and works. And then the mom wants Ryan to console her. They're at Marty Martin's grave. Yeah. And she's and, – And she starts crying. And she's the one, and then, the yeah. victim. Yeah. And Ryan's like hugging her like, yeah. it's okay. It's okay. It's like, what just yeah. happened? It's not you. And then they have this other one, too, that's, like, right. fat. You got to watch this so, show. So, again, I know it's yeah. editing, too, but... I know, but it seems like that plays a factor in the recall of past life stuff. Right, right. All this plays a factor. Dr. Right. Tucker, you, you okay, want to... Okay, yeah, let's, and let's do Dr. Jim Tucker, who I guess is an expert on this. Yeah. Um, and he's the one that goes to all the families. What's his What's his deal? Oh, he's super green. Super green. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I do that, too. Yeah. He's green and blue. He's a little odd. Um, honestly... You know, I, you, there's these paranormal things that yeah, I feel like he wants to be like Dr. Weiss. Okay. Okay. So you and don't know who, who that is. Brian Weiss. He's like, um, 
Oh my gosh. I'm gonna, if I mess this up, sorry guys, but he's like a leading hypnotherapist for past life regression. Okay. He's made a lot, a real name for himself, a lot of fame. He's got a lot of books and he was on Oprah and he's really interesting. And I believe that he can do it. And he, he has a fascinating story about it. I feel like Dr. Tucker wants to be like him. Got it. So I do feel like that's a motivating factor for Dr. Tucker. And I do, you know, that, that, you know, he, but I do feel he puts the scientific application to something that's really hard because sometimes the way that we apply science is very 3D. And I don't know if we know that yet. I think it's kind of like what they used to do with witch trials. Like if the witch floats, you know, or something like that. I don't know. Like it's kind of like applying some, we don't even know it yet, but anti- antiquated experiments to things that was like, you don't even get it, you know? So anyways, but I feel like he's trying and for that cool, you know, cause it gives some credence to this, this thing that otherwise just would have been a, a story that nobody knew about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that is interesting. And again, the one thing I question with, I guess, any green dude scientist mm-hmm. is, are they telling us a story that we want to hear? Meaning like if they, maybe they went to 10 other kids yeah, exactly. and all these tests proved negative. We never hear about that. Uh, I believe that. Yeah. I think that he's looking for the stuff. You know, you're supposed. I think as a scientist, you're supposed to explore all the cases of these things, right? And then come, but that would give you a much less favorable number, right, exactly. In, in the angle of this is a real thing, right? Versus him just being like, oh, let me just give you, let me, let me see if this is even worth my time, and then he'll travel out if the kid's like real, because that's that's good. what it seemed like. He a only studies bit. the good cases, yeah, like that, okay. and then he leaves the ones like, hey, my kid said this, it's like, mm. you know. But then all of a sudden, it'd be like, who knows what low percentage of children who recall these things are accurate. So I feel like he's going to the, um, but at the same time, <laughs> you have to put aura colors into it. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Tucker, <laughs> because first make sure that they're like a really, uh, blue indigo or even turquoise kid. I think those are the colors that, you know, maybe with some purple and if the kids, those aura colors are study that group of kids for their recall versus other aura colored type like children. a red blue might like a not. red like a red kid or a pink kid or yeah. or like a yellow kid like don't go to them so much go to the the empath the more empath leading children who, who have more access to that information that's one two get the ones with the yellow moms like let's <laughs> we're gonna get the information out yeah and then the checked out dads who are you know get that recipe and then go from that pool I don't know. Yeah, because that's well, like my aura thing. Yeah, and again, I'll bring it back to myself as I always do. <laughs> like, if I were saying these things at age four or five, maybe I was. Oh my god! No one's gonna listen. They'd be like, "Tell parents? me." They would just like go to your room, play Star Wars. They'd be like, "What?" Oh, it's a Star Wars show. Is that your TV show? Is that your Star Wars? Because they all talk like you. <laughs> if I said this as a parent, as a kid. Like, my parents would have been like, because they're all psychic, like, oh, of course, Megan, that's yeah, reincarnation. That's what we do here. That's your past life. <laughs> I, personally, was Anne Frank, and you <laughs> were right. somebody not as well known. Right. So, that's, <laughs> let me tell you about me instead. <laughs> so, that would happen to me, and probably did. I remember Abby, oh, I mean, and I read so many people, by the way, who, their kids say, like, off-the-wall stuff, and it's like, okay, there's, like, no way... You would have no- your kid knows that obviously it's past life stuff, but do you want to pry? Right. You know, do you want to go there? Do you want to push them? And then it's interesting on the Netflix show because they talk about how different cultures react differently. Like our Western culture is very like ew, no, right. ah, like that, but other cultures are like yeah, totally cool. And then maybe it's less of a traumatic experience in a culture like that if you recall things. Um, Abby, when she was like two, she was like, mommy. When you were in my tummy, and she was like really into it, like she was really 
adamant that I was in her tummy. Yes, I remember that. Remember that? Yeah. Like when when she, and she was and she when you have a kid like you know when your kid's making stuff up or when your kid's like being like this is real. So she that was like this is real when you were in my tummy. Like she was trying to say like when I was your mother, you know like that. But and I believe her, but I didn't pry it. I'm yeah. not like what was your name? Where did you live? You know, I'm not like <laughs> you I won't give you enough affection unless you give me more details. You know, I'm not doing that to her. Yeah. Um I'm just like, uh, oh, yeah, okay. Um, yes, I also do want to add that not only your, was your mom Anne Frank in a past <laughs> life, she was also Patsy Klein <laughs> and Lady Godiva. The oh, interesting one right. is Patsy Klein was alive when she was alive, they so I don't, know if that, I don't know if that blows up the quantum physics <laughs> you know, spectrum, whatever. Was it the grandfather paradox and yeah. umbrella, the, par- <laughs> the Umbrella Academy or something? The Umbrella Academy, right? <laughs> it would have exploded the paradox wow. and the whole world would have collapsed. Um, if oh, your mom was that, yeah, I did want to talk about the far away thing. Cause you, number one thing I get, if they were reincarnated, oh, yeah, yeah. can you still read them? Right. I just discovered this in this moment okay. doing this episode real time, looking at Marty Martin's picture at the beginning. I was like, Oh, he just feels far away. I will, you guys will give me pictures of, here's my great grandparents here. And I'll, sometimes I'll be like, well, sometimes they're hard to get a read on cause they feel, and it's just my words for it far away. They just feel far away, like here, but not enough to talk with me. And in the past, I just put it, well, they died a long time ago. Maybe they've moved on or they're doing other things now or they're not identifying with their human self the way they were. They're more part of, you know, whatever it is when we go over there more. Um, But now I wonder if it's a reincarnation thing, because like when I look at Marty Martin, like he's still. And so this is where I have to I'll leave it with you guys, too. To, to what does this mean he's still an entity like he's still marty martin like he's still that but he's also feels far away so i wonder if what, when we reincarnate this is my thought you're never who you are like you're not scott i'm not megan we're like a higher self energy all the time that might go into different stories or chapters or li- lifetimes you could call it and you don't exactly get rid of all those identities they kind of coexist with you somehow like like slices of paper on top of one another or something um and i wonder if if that has something to do with it because you can still connect to my point is i feel like when you reincarnate you're not gone you know like you're not that life that does that make sense like that life that you were doesn't evaporate and is no more like you still connect to the people who you loved or the people that loved you but you've also moved on a bit Okay. I mean, for, I'm going to be honest. The I'm sure some of our listeners are going to get this right away. Yeah. For me, I'm going to have to process that. <laughs> it's going to take me at least another three or four episodes before I even could even. I feel get like to you're. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is multiple identities can exist within okay. a higher self oh person. All right. I, that an identity is is a construct of 3D. Okay. So I'm going to have to ruminate. It's on just that like for it's, a while. you could think of like an identity <laughs> is just a concentrated bubble of energy. Yeah. That can still coexist as you move forward or whatever. So if you think about lifetimes instead of lifetimes, it's just relationships. Like you had friends as a grade school child. Okay. And now you're 40, whatever years old and you have friends now. It's kind of the space between your second grade best friend and your best friend now. Like you still, there's a, the version of you that was friends with second grade 
part. Does that make sense? Like there's a version of you oh, back in second grade. Yeah, second grade Scotty was a version of you. Right. And now you're 40 whatever year old Scotty and there's a version of you. And it's the same person, but it's very, very different. And I feel like if you looked at life in general or this existence as an overall story arc, it's very much like that. Like there's a Marty Martin version of this kid. And then there's the version of him now and they're the same person, but they're not, you know, like that. Does that make sense? Man, guys, yeah. Scott's looking at me like I'm crazy. I uh, hope you all no, know no, what the, I mean. Yeah. The, our list, I think they'll no, get no, it. No, our listeners are going to get this okay. much quicker than I can. All right. I, I, I <laughs> believe what you're saying. It's just going to take me some time to I think process you're, Are you going to have an existential crisis? I had, okay. We just, <laughs> we go to overtime here. I just had one the you other did, day. You did. Um, oh, is this overtime? Yeah, we we could call it. I mean, I think we've did we get to every. I think we pretty I much so. covered it. I mean, I'll just kind of sum up. Am I a believer? Because you know, everyone is dying to know. Is the skeptic, you know, for Do this or against? Do you believe? This. Yeah, I I believe Ryan Hammond Hammond's. Yes, he said these things. Mm-hmm. I you know the the mom. I don't know if it it pushed a little. The doctor, I'm not sure. Again, that's I'm, and that's the thing with all these things. It's always people that I don't trust. It's not I the know. spirit world that. It's it's the people, the people. telling the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. telling the story. Do I trust them or not? And I and I think you're right with Ryan. I, I I agree with that. The and I guess I'd have to look. Could it be anything else? Maybe this kid was like he's super very psychic. psychic. Maybe right. yeah. Maybe it feels different really, than that though. Yeah. Okay. It feels different than that. Yeah. Maybe he just has like incredible abilities at that time. You know, because I don't. I don't because know. Because he's saying I am, I am, and that is yeah. a thing. Like with all these How kids, you know they all stuff? say I am or me or this yeah. happened to me. And also, when you do mediumship, you don't connect with. Yeah, maybe he was doing mediumship. No, because no? Uh, and I'll tell you the the other kid in the Netflix documentary they showed um, is a much better example of this. Like he remembers dying in flames in a plane crash. Okay, and he remembers the pain. And here, that doesn't happen to mediumship. I, I, I have past life recalls where I'm dying and I feel pain and stuff like that. That doesn't happen when I'm reading somebody else or I'm connecting to, to yeah. somebody else. It's separate from me. That is me. So it's different. Yeah. All right. I mean, I don't know. You okay? Yeah. I think, I think after the, I mean, fascinating stuff. I mean, I get, and at the end of the day, I mean, what are we all real searching for is that, yeah. We're, we're all searching. I mean, at least myself, is that when you pass, mm-hmm. that that's not the end of things. Right. Because, like, I mean, that would drive, I assume, some people would be really happy. Like, yeah, I could permanently sleep for eternity. I'm done. Yeah. Some people, yeah. Some people, maybe. But I think the average person is, like, in, at least somewhere in their mind is hoping that it's not like you pass and then. That's it. End. Right. End of story. So we're all kind of searching. Throughout time, throughout history. I mean, mm-hmm. this is from the first civilizations. We're all searching yes. that when you pass in the physical body, <laughs> right. that there's something that comes after it. Our brains are if, such yeah, yeah, a pesky if, thing. Because yeah. if there's not, people would go insane. Yes. You would go insane. Well, that's true. Most people, I'm saying. Some people, again, might not care. But energy but, cannot be created or destroyed. So right. energy lives right. on. Right. Why doesn't it carry information with it as it does? Yeah. So I guess, I mean, so, yeah. So I guess in terms of trying to figure out if that exists this brings us one step closer to maybe yes wow. that it does but i don't know i and that's i always this is the one thing i always question is like are we trying to just do this so we don't go 
insane. Like, right. are, like are all the and this is the huge skeptic in me. Okay, guys. Oh, I don't. I'm sorry. Okay, guys. But is it all because I got to give him a warm cup of tea and a hot and a blanket? Yes. And put on honeymooners for him now. Yes. I do want to watch the honeymooners. I do feel real safe when I watch the honeymooners. But I look at and, I watch like sometimes shows like that, and I'm like, oh, they're all dead. You know, like yeah, sometimes uh, that depresses me. I know. Yeah, I also one of my favorite movies. It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, you love that one. That's not the fifties though. No, it's but, the forties. Yeah, but even there, I, they're, they're like they're all dead. They're all dead. They're all dead. <laughs> they're all dead. <laughs> all, right, all right. Whoa, this became a downer of an yeah. episode, man. Yeah, we. I think we just. It's gonna be okay, Scott. All right, we'll skip the overtime this week. Okay. Okay. I don't think I can handle it. <laughs> Well, you're welcome, folks. Sorry. <laughs> I believe. What's that, what's that SNL skit that you love so wah, much? Like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Debbie Downer. Debbie Downer. Yeah. I, I, well, I believe. I'll leave it on this okay, note. Yeah. Uh, leave it on an uplift. A gazillion percent that there is life after death. I believe. I mean, I've, like, on, I think episode 24, I talked about my own. I'm pretty sure. I didn't re- listen to it back. My own past life recalls. I mean, I talk to dead people in readings all the time. I mean, there's something else. We might not know exactly what it looks like because our brains are such a limited resource for us. Really, our brains are made for this world. Our brains are made for this biological purpose. So I really feel like you have to go outside of your brain sometimes and and pick up other things to get the information that's real. That's just, um, you know, man is not the measure of all things, even though that's how our society works. So if you kind of under, at least can believe that beyond our abilities, there might be more to understand you're good. Yes. You know, I so I, but I, I feel a hundred percent that there's something to it. And Hey, I will say from a not, from not being skeptical, Marty Martin never came through when I was doing the research <gasps> and he's not a red blue. Interesting. Right. I never felt sweaty. I never right. felt any connection to him. Now right. you say, you know, maybe because of the. Well, things. I remember with Cesar Chavez. Cesar Chavez. Oh holy God. cow. He yeah. was red blue. And anytime it's a red blue. Right. I'm doing the research and they had passed. It comes through. Right. Marty Martin never. I was fascinated by the story, but not with Marty Martin. Interesting. Yeah. All, All right. right. Just, just, uh, do the other side. All for, right. This podcast is for you and about you, and we're so glad you spent some time with us today. 